0: are listening to the Monica Cade podcast, a conscious approach to all things health and lifestyle, empowering you to be your best self in each moment, because the truth is that's all we ever have. From conscious lifestyle tips that will help you make better choices in all areas of your life, through to interviews with game-changing entrepreneurs, creative minds and thought leaders. These conversations move me, they're changing the world and I hope they impact yours. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls series. It's been a pleasure talking to these girls each week and sharing these stories with you. I hope you have been enjoying them. My final girl guest today is Boitomelo Tipe. She is a Soweto born medical doctor and an alumni of the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls. She graduated in 2018 from Stellenbosch University as the first alumni of OLAG to obtain a medical degree, which is so exciting and super inspiring. And she's really set the bar for other girls coming through and been an inspiration for those who aspire to also break into the medical industry as well. So that in itself is a huge achievement. She's also sat as a member of the Undergraduate Research Committee and pioneered the development of the Campus Gospel Choir. Now, she's also practising medicine in the renowned hospital in Cape Town that's been known for having carried out the world's first heart transplant. And in addition to practising medicine, she's passionate about volunteering in her community and advocating for better quality of health. She credits much of her success to her grandmother who raised her, and she's got many more little stories and insights that she shares in our conversation today. So I really look forward to sharing you our conversation. Let's dive right in. Hello, Boitmila. How are you today? Hi, Monica. I'm great, thanks. And how are you today? I'm, I'm doing very well myself too. Thank you. Now, you are the final conversation in the OLAG series, which is Mm. kind of sad and also very exciting because I get to hear your story as well. I'm quite excited to be sharing my story with you. Yeah, amazing. So I thought, let's start off with your childhood. Where did you grow up and what was your family life like?
1: Um, I grew up in the township of Soweto in Johannesburg and I'm one of three girls, the eldest of three girls. Um, I was raised by my grandmother and, um, you know, she basically was my my primary caretaker. So she raised me, my sisters and my cousins and, um, yeah, it was just a lovely, loving family. We lived in a small home. But, you know, we, I had so much fun growing up in Soweto, such a vibrant township. Um, I loved reading, you know, I loved playing. So it was just really a very playful um, childhood. And, yeah, my background is one that is very diverse and, I guess, made me who I am today. Mm.
0: And tell me about your siblings. What's the relationship like between you guys?
1: It's really interesting you know the eldest so uh, my middle sister is 10 years younger than me and my youngest sister is 15 years younger than me so there's quite a big gap Mm -hmm. but I always think you know there's pros and cons to it and one of the biggest pros for me was being able to be a role model for my younger sisters and just kind of show them what you can do if you just apply yourself and are passionate about learning and you go to school. So um, they're both very bright young girls and they're in school at the moment and we have a really, really good relationship, you know, I love mentoring them. I love part-time parenting them, as you do when you're the older sibling. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're they're really wonderful girls who love to learn, and I love them so much. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: And and <laughs> so,
1: tell me a little bit about
0: your grandmother because I know she's been quite influential in your life and your story. What what's she like?
1: My grandmother, you know, she. she I, I'd like to think that she had to grow up very early in her life Mm -hmm. um, because she moved to Johannesburg as a young girl and she immediately had to find a job Um, you know she had to raise my mom and I've always seen her as a very calm powerful you know like a a quiet powerful spirit if I can put it that way Mm -hmm. Um, she works incredibly hard never complains Um, so she worked in Johannesburg for an attorney um, as a tea lady Mm -hmm. for the longest time and she actually just retired last year so she would you know take the train early in the morning um, to Johannesburg and then come home very late at night and you know she worked so hard never complained and me and my siblings um, and my cousins always were cared for and provided for with the little that she had she really stretched it out to you know cover all of our needs and I really I really admire her and when I started the process to apply for the academy she was right by my side we figured it out together and she really has been a pillar of strength for me. So jump into
0: that part of the conversation about you know how your journey to applying to OLAG and and getting accepted. Tell me a little bit about the principles of Ubuntu.
1: Ubuntu is what we would call in Sisutu, which is my home language, it's the principle of humility and um, coming together as as a community and um, having the same core principles um, that um, uplift everyone you know, within the, the the community. So this has been a very big part of my life because growing up in Soweto, you experience Ubuntu firsthand because you know Nelson Mandela said it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. <laughs> and so Soweto, Soweto was the epitome of this for me because everyone, you know, as a community was sharing resources, everyone was kind of looking out for each other, for, for each other's children. So Ubuntu really played like a big part um, in my life, in, in, in my upbringing. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's such a beautiful, I guess, philosophy as well. And and it seems mm-hmm. that the girls that I've spoken to and, and yourself, there seems to be such a unity and a connection amongst your family and the community. I've noticed that in the conversations. That seems to be a really big thing. And I'm curious to know, did you mm-hmm. notice a contrast in this when you started you know attending OLAG or you know ex- expanding out of your community do the relationships in other places seem strange to you because there might not be that same sense of community?
1: Absolutely um, I think my transitioning to OLAG wasn't too much of a contrast from, you know, how I was raised in the community that I was raised because Oleg really functions as a unit and everyone has the same core principles and everything works together to empower the girls, to empower everyone who, you know, is part of the Oleg family. So there's a great synergy that I recognized, you know, in in my community, which, you know, really resembles Ubuntu at Oleg. Um, however, you know, as I traveled and lived in a different city, um, Cape Town where I studied, Mm. um, you know, you meet different cultures and they have their own way of doing things, you know, which is slightly different, but I think overall, Ubuntu is a South African concept. So there's various extents of Ubuntu wherever you go, Mm. just people have a different way of expressing it, I think.
0: Yeah, sure. So now tell me, how did you and well, how did OLAG come into your sphere, you know? How did you decide that you wanted to to apply for the school?
1: Well, the interesting thing is I didn't really decide. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I had a teacher in um, secondary school when I was in the fifth grade. No, in the sixth grade, yes. And we had been given a school project for, you know, to do a presentation about HIV and how it affects the community and how it can affect your health, et cetera. So I went home and did as much research as I could, came to school, gave the presentation. My teacher was really, really impressed. So um, when the school, uh, when the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy formed my school that I was currently in in Soweto, my teacher said, Well, I know exactly who to recommend for you guys. <laughs> so, um, when they told me about it, I was a little bit unsure because, um, it, I mean, not many people knew that the school was going to be opened, you know, mm-hmm. um, until we actually started applying for it. So, I went home and I spoke to my grandmother and I said, I'm not really sure what this is but I think it has to do with the lady on the TV <laughs> and it sounds like a really good opportunity. So me and my grandmother started, you know, we just started with the application process. We figured it out together filling in the forms and I learned more about the school actually, as I had started going through the interviewing process and really just, you know, I realized what I was applying for was something that could potentially change my life. Mm.
0: And so then when you found out, tell me what that moment was like.
1: When I found out that I had been accepted into the school. Yes. Yeah. It was, I was really young, you know, so it was a lot to take in. But I remember my grandmother just being in tears and everyone was so excited. I was excited. I couldn't believe it. Um, I couldn't grasp all the way what it meant but I knew that my life was about to be completely different. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was about to learn in an environment that allowed me to truly be myself and just thrive. So it really, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Wow. And during the process for you, did you experience self-doubt? Were you confident? Were you excited? What was the experience like?
1: I was very excited. Um, I, I can't really think of a moment when I was nervous or self-doubting. Mm-hmm. The only time I was nervous was when I met Miss Winfrey <laughs> in the final interview. Mm-hmm. But throughout, you know, I just took it as they, you know, the, the Academy really made it very fun, very interactive. So the ways in which we were assessed were like in group settings, as an individual, so I was around other girls and it just felt like I was interacting with people and being myself. And this was so different from anything I'd seen that I think I just got excited with being in a new environment. Mm. And what was
0: your first day like?
1: Oh, the first day, gee, I think I didn't know what to expect, you know, mm. but the school and all the resources and the facilities just, I felt like there's a lot I can do here, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I remember being introduced to our teachers, being introduced to the other girls and, you know, being given a, a tour of the school by mom, Oprah. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is exactly where I should be. Um, and I, I was more filled with excitement than anything else.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I have a big grin on my face. It's I can and I can, I can sense your delight from it as well as you reminiscing over it too. Yeah, yeah. Now you were the first alumni of OLAG to obtain a medical degree. Mm-hmm. that, how does that make you feel?
1: It makes me feel like you know I've had this dream of being a doctor you know since I was young and a lot of the things that I've achieved are things that I was like yeah I would like this one day and then when it actually came I realized just how powerful it is to have a dream to work hard you know to commit to just this dream so um yeah for me it means raising the bar for myself showing other girls that, you know, this is a path that can be pursued, inspiring the girls at the academy to go into science, to go into research and medicine, which aren't always popular, you know. Mm. So for me, it just means, you know, making my own trail and just figuring it out as I go along, yeah.
0: Mm. A bit of a trailblazer you are. Now, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Did you have this dream as a young child before you went to Olag, or was there something more that you realized about yourself that you wanted to do once you got accepted?
1: So, from what my my you know my grandmother tells me, she says you know when when I was really young, I would always say I want to be a doctor, and part of the reason was because growing up, you know, in Soweto there aren't enough health facilities to cater for, you know, the, the big population. So I just kind of got frustrated as a young girl um, with having to wait really long, really long lines and waiting, you know, the whole afternoon to be seen by a doctor. So I think things like that are what planted this dream in my heart. And when I got to the academy I experienced various things. I experimented with various arts and public speaking and drama. But at the end of it all, I still came back to this dream of just, you know, learning medicine and just being a doctor. Mm.
0: I guess that shows that that little seed was really truly yours, you know, because you you tried Mm. other things, which I think can be really important as well that I'd like to mention for our listeners that sometimes not everyone knows straight away what they want to do but you know you did but you still went and tried a few other things as well just to have an experience as well and then naturally your intuition or your heart spoke and and you followed that which is amazing absolutely yeah and so through your profession how would you like to change the world
1: You know, the first thing that I noticed is learning medicine, you know, in medical school, which is mostly from a textbook, Mm. is very different to practicing medicine, you know. And one of the things that I've noticed is there's quite a social burden on the healthcare system in South Africa. You know, there are a lot of social issues that come into play, into medicine, into whether people take their treatment correctly whether people still carry stigma around certain diseases such as HIV and tuberculosis. So my passion is to be a health advocate through the work that I do on a daily basis, you know, with seeing patients at the hospital, but also through speaking, you know, on platforms and public speaking, you know, and just raising awareness around the social aspects that really, you know, people are Burdened with people struggle with a lot of social things. So healthcare is not just the straightforward thing where we just fix it with a pill or with a surgery. There's a lot more that goes into it. So that's how I plan to change, you know, South Africa and and healthcare. Yeah, beautiful. That's
0: I, yeah. and I, and I know that that's it's so wonderful that you can observe that there are these, you know, maybe I don't know if inadequacies inadequacies in the social, Mm. the right word, but Mm. um, that you can recognise this and that you're willing, you know, to use the skills and the knowledge that you do have to Mm. get to that for other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so can you tell me, was there anything in particular that really stands out as an aha moment or a great life lesson that you learnt at OLAG?
1: Oh, there's so many.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can more than one, if you like.
1: Yeah, there are so many. And I think the biggest was, you know, a recurring message from Miss Winfrey was always that, you know, there is no bar. You know, you are an Oleg girl and the world will say this is how high the bar is and you need to rise up to it. She said, you know, there is no bar. You just have to show up, you know, be excellent you know, to every situation that you arrive at. Mm. And um, Mom Oprah always spoke about listening to your intuition, you know, trusting yourself, being present in the moment and not rushing yourself, you know. So just be where you are, trust the process and trust yourself and everything is going to work out if you show up as the best version of yourself every time.
0: I mm. 100% yeah. And agree with that, and that's a big message that I share with my listeners as well. Can I ask you what do you do in the moments when you find yourself up against a challenge or you feel like you know like you can't get through something how do you navigate your way through that?
1: Yeah, I think that the the most important thing is to realize and you know admit to yourself that you are in a you know bit of a tough situation mm. and um to allow yourself to feel whatever you feel in response to that but you know you ha- you always have to pick yourself up and say okay you know what resources are available to me to push me past this you know i i think that you know sometimes you're given a mountain sometimes just so that you can show other people that it can be moved, you know? Mm. So I always say, if there's a challenge in your life and Miss Winfrey always says, ask yourself, what is this here to teach me, you know? And then arm yourself with the necessary skills and the people around you that will help you to overcome that. And, you know, I always quite uh, spiritual. So I pray about it and then I say, all right, what do I need to do next? And then I get myself back up. Mm,
0: beautiful i love yeah. that you also mentioned you know to really feel what what we're feeling in the moment because so often it's it's we want to avoid that pain or the discomfort or the feelings of uncertainty and i think what you said there is so important for us to do because yeah. it's in facing that that we rise from there
1: absolutely one of the things that i'm passionate about is you know mental health and i realize that a lot of people are in denial sometimes we're scared to kind of like you know really reflect and go deep and that's really helpful if you're trying to work through something so I think it's it's part of just being healthy overall. Mm. What's
0: the yeah. current conversation in your community around mental health is that something that you're interested in also supporting people with and is it something that's you know, spoken about freely or is it still got a little bit of stigma around it?
1: Yeah, it's still got quite a little bit of stigma around it, um, especially in, you know, within the Black community, which is why I'm really glad that um, Mum Oprah is doing, you know, she's doing a project to kind of raise awareness um, around mental health currently. Um, In my community, it's still not something that people speak openly about, But when I went to medical school, I I saw it in my friends. You know, I experienced it with friends, you know, in medical school. I had a friend who actually committed suicide and it really opened up my eyes to say everyone is struggling with something, you know, and the best thing you can do is just normalize the conversation around mental health and to say, you know what, I'm not okay, but I will be one day, but I don't have to pretend that I am, you know. So yeah, I'm really passionate about that.
0: Oh, well, I love that you are and I think it's such important work. I know I know here in Australia and in Sydney the conversation is quite common now, you know, and but it wasn't a while ago and there are so many instances of, you know, suicide, but also just everyday struggle that people mm-hmm. go through. So I love that you know you're being the light forward in your community because I think in going to definitely have an impact all right tell me what's the greatest thing you've learned about yourself through your education
1: experience resilience you know I think there's been days where I thought you know medicine is six years am I going to be able to study for six years <laughs> <laughs> will I <laughs> will I be able to push through and even since OLA, since primary school I've always pushed through whatever obstacles were put before me, whatever test, whatever multitasking I had to do. So I've really learned that I'm quite resilient. And that's just because, you know, I keep my head down. I focus on what I've set my eyes on, you know, and I just paddle until I get there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I just hang on till I get there. That's fantastic. Did you... <laughs> moments where you felt like nope I want to quit I don't want to do this anymore did you have moments like that
1: um I think the last year of medical school was really difficult Mm -hmm. but I never really felt like quitting because I was like well now I'm so close you know um but it was it, it was definitely testing I had to really um motivate myself and lean on my family and call my grandmother when Things were tough and I would just say, look, you know, it's getting tough and she would always encourage me and she would say, you know, take it one step at a time and eventually you'll get there. Mm. Such yeah.
0: true advice for everything in life. It's just one moment at a time, one step at a time, isn't it?
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: What would you say to our listeners those who have this big dream in their heart, maybe some of them are pursuing it to some degree and maybe some just have it and they haven't started yet. What wisdom do you have to share about pursuing a dream?
1: Um, You know, this is something that I'm also constantly working on myself, Mm -hmm. but I would always say don't listen to your fear, you know. Always focus on, on what it is that you're trying to achieve. Write it down. Think about it in detail and then work very hard to get there. Because sometimes we think your dream is not good enough, or someone else is already doing it, or you think it's not going to add value to the world. But I really think that God gave us dreams so that we're able to express our talents and our joy. Sometimes it's not always about, you know, breaking targets and topping the charts and. Sometimes it's literally just about your spirit expressing its joy. So I would always say, start where you are, start with what you have, and then you'll figure the rest out as you go along. <laughs> yeah. I
0: absolutely love that. It gave me goosebumps. It's so beautifully said, and I think it's, oh, it's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, if you had the opportunity to sit down with Miss Winfrey for a tea or a coffee, whatever you prefer. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. What
0: would you like to ask her?
1: I would want to ask her, you know, at, at my age, you know, I'm about to turn 25, how did she make herself okay with, like, just being where you are and figuring it all out? Because, you know, 25, there's a lot happening. You're kind of trying to figure out who you are in the world, The social media, your peers are doing different things. So I would just be like, you know, at 25, how did you manage to just stay cool and calm? (laughs) You know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's a a great question. And I think, you know, gosh, I think back to when I was 25, I had just come back from living in New York. I'd lived there for Mm. a year and a half. But I know that I went through around that age, I went through similar questions myself you know I
1: thought mm-hmm.
0: oh gosh what am I supposed to do with my life my my time is running out I've got to hurry up and and do something and and it's interesting right? yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> I know the struggle it was real yeah
1: it's yeah
0: interesting in my experience
1: mm. I found
0: that you know I'm in my early 30s now but there's I don't know, something happens around 30. And then like, as you get a little bit older, there's a sense Mm. of, for me, there's been like a sense of groundedness and um, Mm -hmm. a deeper connection and a knowing of who I am and much, Mm -hmm. much better than I did when I was at 25. So, yeah, (laughs) and I know some of uh, my friends and have experienced similar things. So, I don't know if that's the answer Oprah would give you, <laughs> but that's, that's my wisdom I can share.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it because, you know, at 25 or, I don't know, you know whatever stage you're in, sometimes you wonder, like, if other people are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very reassuring to hear that, you know, it's part of the journey and, yeah, I appreciate that, Monica. Yeah.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's so important, I mean, you've, you've touched on this yourself as well to really appreciate where you're at. I think I've only come to a place now in my life where I'm starting to really value and appreciate where I'm at, you know, and it is about the journey and it, and like you said, it's like focusing on the outcome and the destination, but don't worry about how you get there. Just enjoy the ride while you're on it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
0: Well, our time is coming to an end. However, I've got some signature questions to ask you before we wrap up. So are you ready?
1: (laughs) I'm ready. All right. Sunset
0: or sunrise and why?
1: Sunrise because I've recently got to the point where I'm able to wake up at 5 in the morning and I'm so (laughs) excited about that. And (laughs) there's so much that you can do in the morning if you're up before sunrise, I think, yeah.
0: I totally agree with you. I've been getting up around the same time as yourself and it's yeah. like how much more of a day you have, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gives you so much clarity. I love it.
0: And there's a special, I don't know if you've noticed this yourself, but there's this quietness and this stillness in the air, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the world gets up. It's, it's a magical time, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: All right. What are you afraid of?
1: Oh. Um I think being being stagnant, not mm-hmm. growing, not progressing, not moving forward. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah. I'm always trying to make progress in whatever um avenue I'm in. I'm always trying to better myself because I think there's always information for you to do better and be a better person and be kinder to yourself and other people. So, yeah.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I think, you know, if we stop growing and learning and being curious about the world, I don't know what's left. You know, I feel like it would be a very, I don't want to say sad, I can't think of another word right now, but the existence wouldn't be as rich and and fruitful, I don't think.
1: Absolutely. And I think when you stop moving, you you get stuck. <laughs> and that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> no. Yeah. So don't be yeah. scared.
0: But yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So my final question for you is what piece of wisdom have you been passed down that you live by?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, I've had so many people that were really mentors that were buyers around me. But I think one that resonates with me from my grandmother is, you know, to take everything bit by bit, you know, in Sutu there's a phrase that she uses and she says, which means bit by bit, you know, so that's always been something that has, you know, resonated in my mind. And um, from Miss Winfrey, I've just learned to trust your intuition, you know, if you don't know what to do, then rather be still and go within and then you'll figure it out
0: beautiful wisdom I love both of them and it it sounds so beautifully said in your language too I like the sound of it (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time to share your story and your wisdom and just chat with me tonight it's been a real pleasure
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure from my side too. And I absolutely had such a fun time chatting with you, Monica. All
0: right. Well, look after yourself and I look forward to seeing what you get up to in the near future.
1: Thank you. Likewise. And I'm wishing all the best for you and your listeners.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the final conversation in the OLAG series. It's been such a privilege and a pleasure in sharing all these stories from all of these girls. They're all very inspiring and they're up to some amazing things in the world. If you did enjoy this episode, I would love to ask you if you could please leave me a review on iTunes because it will really help other people find the conversations that I have each week with girls like the Oprah Winfrey girls but also other conversations that I have and it's always so nice reading the reviews and the feedback that you do
1: post so it really is appreciated.